Hey guys, welcome to my podcast. I pray you are empowered to walk in the fullness of your God design. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. And remember, enforcing purpose, it starts with you. God has made it possible to experience all that he has promised. These assurances include having supernatural senses, engaging in supernatural gifts, and residing in his supernatural persona. This means there is a super on your natural. Join me in person or virtually for my fall conference this October 13th through 14th, 2023, entitled West Side Story. This conference includes lots of corporate worship, teaching sessions, a training on generational curses, prayer and ministry demonstrations, personal prophetic ministry, personal reflection activities, and of course, altar ministry. It's time for us to go beyond the limits of the natural and rekindle his manifestational gifts in all their fullness. It is time for us, the people of God, to re-enter his West Side story. Registration link is in the show notes. So for those of you who were here last time, I spoke on the West Side Story, and I'm going to give you just a brief, super brief um, overview of that message. And it's the idea that you had 12 tribes of Israel, and they were all given the promise that was provided for them on the West Side of the Jordan. And that promise included an abundance of provision that they would not have to work for. In other words, there was an abundance that God had in mind for them that they would not have to use their own hands, they would not have to toil for, but rather by the grace of God, there was a provision provided for them. Well, two of the tribes, two and a half tribes actually, Gad, Reuben, and the half tribe of Manasseh, decided as they looked at the east side of the Jordan, they were a people of livestock, and they thought, well, this land is adequate for us. We could stay here. We could plant here. We could reap here. And so, they actually went to Moses and they said, if it's okay with you, we'll stay here. Don't take us across to the west side, but we're going to settle for, we're going to compromise. We're going to allow, to allow ourselves to be situated in the less than best of the kingdom. And so we talked about all the places in our life where God is inviting us into the west side story but we've chosen to compromise. We've settled for the permissible and we've missed out on the beneficial. What happened here is they grabbed a hold of the good land and they missed out on the God land. They settled for what they could see in the natural and they missed out on the unseen because they had no spiritual vision. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. I want to talk about spiritual vision. Having a spiritual vision, being able to see things in the natural, but then also in a moment shift and recognize that although I'm seeing something with my natural eye, there is a spiritual happening in this moment. And God, I'm asking that you would remove a veil that I would be able to see more than just the east side, but I would be able to see what's on the west side. 
in Luke chapter 10, I was reading this weekend, I, I did a training yesterday, a private training, and the Lord had me teach right through uh, Luke chapter 10, and it's the, it's the passage where Jesus lays hand and he sends the 70 out two by two, and they go out and they begin to heal the sick and cast out demons, and they come back to Jesus, and they say this, even demons responded to the sound of your name. And they were very excited about that. And of course, we know he says, that's great, but don't rejoice in the work. Rejoice in the fact that your name is written in, the, in, the, in heaven. He says, don't rejoice in the doing, rejoice in the being. But as he responds in that moment, one of the things he says to them is, while you were doing these things, I saw Satan fall like lightning from the sky. See, there was a thing that they were actually seeing in the natural, but while they were doing that, Jesus was actually seeing something in the spirit. He was recognizing there's more than something going on. It's more than laying hands on somebody and they get delivered from their depression. It's more than laying hands on somebody and they get delivered from their addiction. But while you're doing that, if you'll allow me to show you the bigger picture, Satan is being trampled upon in the midst of those natural doings. And these aren't natural doings, but sometimes we limit it even to what we see with the natural eye. He then goes on and he turns to his disciples and he says this, and he says it to them privately, and I believe it's in the message, it might be in the Passage translation, it says he turned and he whispered. The idea of an intimacy that he's about to show something, about to tell something to them that he doesn't want anybody else to hear. And he says this, blessed are the eyes which see the things you see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings have desired to see what you see, but they have not seen it. To hear what you hear, but they have not heard it. Look, Jesus has set us up to see. Come on, everybody just say, I'm set up to see. I am set up to see. We are designed to see what nobody else is going to see. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 4.18, While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are, the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen is, a tem is eternal. And again, we have this idea of two things we could be looking at in one moment. I could be looking out here when you're standing here and they're praying. I could be looking at you or I could be looking into the spirit. See, I want to see beyond what's seen. And I want to see what's unseen. When I'm looking at what, what should be prayed over you, what are people saying over you, what, do, what does God have to say to you, I'm not interested in the temporary. I'm interested in what is God doing eternally in the life of Pastor Scott. I'm not looking at what's happening in his natural man. I'm not looking at what's happening in his natural circumstances. I'm looking for what is God doing and where is God taking him. A thing, a work that is eternal. My eye is not set on what I see. My eye is set on what is unseen. Well, I want us to go to Luke chapter 2, and we're going to look at the man named Simeon. We're just going to learn from Simeon what caused Simeon to have eyes to see the Messiah. I'm going to read it straight for you. It says, And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was just and devout 
waiting on the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. Now, this is fascinating to me because this is before the Holy Spirit had been loosed. Well, we know the Spirit was always here. But this is before the resurrection of Jesus and the depositing of the Holy Spirit into the life of the people. But we know in the Old Testament that the Holy Spirit would come upon people. And so clearly Simeon was experiencing or lived in the uponing of the Holy Spirit. Right? So there's the infilling and then there's the uponing of the Holy Spirit. And as a believer, a lot of us live in the infilling... But we miss out on the uponing. And what's interesting is Simeon lived in the uponing of the Holy Spirit. And it it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So he came by the Spirit. Come on, he is upon the Spirit. It's revealed to him by the Spirit. And he's led by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus... To do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and he blessed him and he said this, Look, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace. According to your word, my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all peoples, a light to bring revelation. Come on. A light to bring revelation. Jesus brings revelation. Everybody say, I am designed to see. I am designed to see. He is a light that brings revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. Now, I want us to take a look at the very first thing that it says about Simeon. It says he was a man who was just. Just what? He just was. There's no other way because sometimes, again, let's go back to the doing versus the being. Are you just? Are you okay with being, I'm just, I'm just here. This is just who I am. It's not really about what I'm bringing to the table, the words that I have to say. Come on, you understand the kingdom of heaven is not a matter of talk. It's a matter of power. It's a matter of just being, the the carrying of his presence. He was just. This was a man who was more concerned with his being than his doing. The Bible says he was pure and he was undefiled. He was holy. I would like to propose he was not a man who settled for the permissible will of God, but there was an intentionality in his life of pursuing the person of God, of pursuing the holiness of God, of living a life, not settling for compromise, but living in the best of God. Come on, there had to be something in his character and his nature. The Bible tells us it was his character and his nature, and I'll bet it was his character and his nature. It was the fact that he just, here I just am, that caused the Holy Spirit to settle upon him. Number two, he was devout. Now, when you read this this word, nothing fancy about it, it's the idea of being devoted or being faithful. It's the idea of total commitment. So to be devoted means to be faithful. Now, I would like to propose to you that there are a lot of people probably in this room who have faith. But I would also like to propose to you that perhaps you struggle with faithfulness. Because there's a big difference between having faith and being faithful. And, and this, the Bible says that Simeon was not just a man. Look, we don't know when he got this word. He could have been 12 years old when God said, come on. Well, we read it and we think, oh, he got it yesterday. 
And he was able to hang in there for 24 hours. Woohoo! Some of you can't hang in there for 24 hours, let's be honest. Come on, some of us feel good today, but tomorrow you wake up and you're, fe you're feeling your circumstances. You're feeling your emotions. It's hard for you to be faithful to the attributes of Jesus that are within you, of the ability to suffer long. And we lack the ability to be faithful. When Jesus was on, God bless you, when Jesus was in the boat and there was a storm rising up, on the very heels of the disciples seeing all kinds of miracles. In a moment, there was fear that gripped them. And we know that G they wake Jesus up and he calms the storm. And then he looks at the disciples and he says, Oh, ye of little faith. And often we read that and we think little faith means it was small. But if you read it in the Greek, it actually denotes the idea of a short-lived faith. Meaning you had faith in my yesterday for the works that you saw in yesterday, but your faith was short. It wasn't able to persevere, and the faith you had yesterday has disappeared, and you've lost the ability to be faithful throughout, throughout time. But the Bible says that Simeon was faithful. Faithfulness means a steadfast loyalty that is not easily swayed. I wonder today what has swayed you away from your faithfulness in Christ. Maybe you've showed up today and you've said, I have faith. And I want to challenge you and say, but are you faithful? Are you wholly devoted? Has something swayed you away from the promises of God? Has something swayed you away from the joy of the kingdom, the peace of the kingdom, the fruit of the kingdom? I'm going to move on. He was expectant. He had eyes that were set on finding. Come on, some of us wake up, we tell a story, we show up into a space, and we're looking for the things that are wrong. Some of us do that in church. We look at somebody and we say, but have you seen what they're wearing? But have you seen where they come from? But have you seen their addiction? See, he didn't have eyes that were looking for the wrong things. He had eyes that were looking for the promises of God. And I wonder today if you have positioned yourself to see the promise of God. I wonder today if you have practiced dwelling upon everything that is excellent, everything that is good, everything that is, come on, just quoting scripture to you guys, I'm not that smart, Philippians 4, 8, read it, everything that is lovely, everything that is praiseworthy, I have positioned myself today to find and to see, I'm expecting today to see a promise of God in my life. He positioned him, he was expectant, and some of us are expecting the worst, Call it what you want, but it's not the eyes of Christ. I, I, I wonder, when Peter stepped out of the boat, was he expecting to walk on the water, or was he expecting to sink? And what happened? I bet when he walked out on the water, he was expecting to walk. But when he shifted his eyes, come on, when he repositioned his eyes from Christ to the waves, that's when the promise began to sink. See, it was all about where he positioned his eyes. Verse 27, going on, Simeon, he was surrendered to the Holy Spirit. How many of you know that you can have the Holy Spirit but not be surrendered to the Holy Spirit? 
Come on, there's a very big difference. You have to surrender yourself to the Holy Spirit. James 4, 7 says, submit yourself to God. The idea of subjecting yourself, laying yourself down in the presence of the Lord. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. I wonder what you are subject to. I wonder how many of us in this room have subjected or submitted ourselves to fear. And in doing so, you have resisted the Holy Spirit. Come on, I just said it in the opposite. I wonder how many of us in this room have submitted ourselves to our finances, to the lack in our lives, and in doing so, you have resisted the prosperity and the provision of God because you cannot have both. You are either a friend of God or you are a friend of the world. I'm not making up stuff to pray or to speak to you guys. Read it. It's in James chapter 4. I wonder in this room how many of us have subjected ourselves, come on, to your relationships, and in doing so, you have resisted the intimacy of the Holy Spirit. How many of us have looked to the love of the world? We've submitted, we've subjected ourselves, well, toxic relationships, and in doing so, you have resisted the health, the wholeness, wholeness and the design God has in mind for you for relationship. But the Bible says, surrender, submit yourself, subject yourself to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come on. If you're doing one, you're doing the other. To submit yourself to God is to resist the devil. But listen, to submit yourself, to subject yourself to demonic influences your life is to resist the Holy Spirit. All right. So what are the results? Listen, this is what I want for you. I want us to talk about Simeon was able to see what other people missed. Here's what we see when you have eyes. So we have learned that these are the things that cultivate spiritual eye, spiritual uh, vision in our lives. And, and I want to remind you that the anointing, the spiritual vision is anointing. It's, it's the gift of God. It's the way he wants to move in your life. And that's going to come up out of a character that is just, that is devoted, that is surrendered to the spirit, that is expectant. It has its eyes set upon Jesus. And in doing so, just like Simeon, you you will be able to see what other people miss. Other than Anna, the prophetess in, prophetess in that room that day, we don't know how many people were there. So like, I've always had this vision because when I was, I wasn't a kid, but I taught three and four-year-olds for years in church and all the pictures and all the little stories, it just showed, just showed Simeon, mom and dad, and baby Jesus. And so I guess I just kind of always assume those are the only people in the room. But it's very possible that there were hundreds of people in the temple that day, but only one person saw what everybody else missed. Only one person saw. Come on, I wonder how many people were rubbing up. We know that the Bible says with the woman with the issue of blood that there was a crowd that was pressed up against him, that the energy, the message says it like this, that the energy of the kingdom was surging round about Jesus, but only one person got healed. Come on, spiritual vision will give you glimpses of what everybody else is missing. It will help you to see what everybody else is missing. You remember Elisha with his servant in 2 Kings chapter 6, 
when his servant, all he can see is the Syrian army on the mountaintops round about them. And Elisha's like, what is your problem? See, your problem is, is your eye is set on what you see in the natural and you haven't asked the Lord to open your spiritual eye that you might see beyond the natural, that you might be see beyond the east side and you might glimpse into the west side. And the Bible says he asked, he prayed that his eyes would be open and the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw and behold, meaning he beheld, meaning he perceived, he took hold of. There was a shift in his mindset in that moment. He saw that the mountains indeed were full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. I want to remind you that David was left out of the lineup. (laughs) Because when Samuel the prophet, look at when Samuel the prophet chose Saul, he chose based on a physical appearance. And the second time when he went to to pick the one who was to be anointed, God said, I am not interested in the outer appearance of a man. Rather, I am interested in the heart of man. Samuel, I need you to close your eyes to the natural, and I need you to open your eyes to the spirit. I need you to close your eyes to the will of man, and I need you to open your eyes to the will of God. I need you to close your eyes to every vision, every visual, to what the kings of the world look like, and I need you to open your eyes to what the kings of the spirit look like. Come on, that's why they missed the Messiah. They were waiting for a king, a mighty man of war. That's why they missed the Messiah. And David wasn't even brought into the lineup. His own father missed what God saw. And I wonder today how many of you feel like there's a something in me. There's a glimpse that God has given to me. There's a something in me that God has shown me that's bigger than anybody else. Even my own mother, even my own father, even my own pastor has missed it. But God sees it. But God sees it. So David was left out of the lineup, but God sees what the people in your life have missed. God sees in you what you have missed. Come on, some of us need to look in the mirror and catch a glimpse. Some of you need to look in the mirror and go, I'm going to close my eyes to the natural. I'm going to open my eyes to the spirit. I'm going to close my eyes to my past. Come on, and I'm going to open my eyes to my destiny. I'm going to close my eyes to my wounds. Come on, and open my eyes to my healing. i got to shut my eyes to my demons and open my eyes to the Holy Ghost who is in me, upon me, all around me. Come on, i got to close my eyes to the choices I've been making and open my eyes to the will of God. I, I got to close, come on, I got to close my eyes to fear. I got to close my eyes to my finances, to my current provisions, because I'm allowing what my eye sees to navigate where I'm going instead of what God is saying, what God is showing me to navigate where I am going. You understand that the Bible says that he's immeasurably greater than you could ever ask or imagine. And a lot of us haven't even learned how to imagine with the Holy Spirit. We've imagined in our own mind. We've imagined in our own heart. Our imagination is filtered through our own hurts. Our imagination is filtered through our smallness, and we're missing out on the bigness of what God wants to show us. And that's what what he is saying here. And secondly, he recognized, come on, this kind of goes with what I was just saying. Simeon recognized the work of God while it was still in an infant stage. But I, I, look, if I'm Elijah and I'm waiting for a storm and I see the cloud the size of a man's hand, I might have missed it. Yeah. 
I'm just being honest. I might have missed it. But Elijah recognized something that is small is what God is going to take when it's mixed with my faith, when it's mixed with my declaration. When I look at just something, the faith the size of a mustard seed, I can speak to a mountain and it will be moved. And I wonder how many of us think we are too small. We think we are not ready yet. We think we are too immature, that my faith is still in an infant stage. I wonder how many leaders in this room have missed it in somebody around you because you say they're still too weak, they're still too broken, their faith is still too small. And God says, will you let me open your eyes that I can show you the work that I want to do even while it's still in an infant stage? even while it's still in the infant stage. Most of us in this room need to start with how we see ourselves. In Acts chapter 9, Saul, Saul knew everything there was to know about religion. And the Bible says when he was smoked with the Holy Ghost, I'm just going to say it like that, when he got smoked, he got, oh, a lot of times we're like, the Holy Spirit's a gentleman. I'm like, not always. Um, <laughs> Because Saul definitely got knocked off his horse and he was struck with blindness. The Bible says there were scales that were on his eyes. And when he went to, um, when he went to have it removed from him, if you read it, Ananias laid hands on him. And it says that the scales came from, something like scales came from his eyes. And if you read that, I believe, again, in the Passion Translation, it says there was a white, crusty substance. And I think about when you wake up in the morning and sometimes there's a crusty substance that's in your, in your eyes. And I wonder how many of us have been asleep to the Spirit. And today there's a crusty substance that God wants to wipe out of your eyes. In Revelations chapter 3 it talks about anointing your eyes with a salve. He says you claim you can see but you don't. And I want to anoint your eyes with a spiritual salve that will loosen the crust from your eyes. Come on. Some of us in this room think we already know. And because you think you already know, Jesus says to the Pharisees in John chapter 9, because you claim you can see, you shall remain blind. And see, Paul thought he already knew everything. Saul, before he was Paul, Saul thought he already knew everything there was to know about religion. But in the spirit... His knowledge, that religion was actually a white, crusty substance that kept him from seeing clearly. You want to come up? And, if, and, and I wonder today if, if there is a white, crusty substance. I wonder today what is keeping you. Perhaps it's, it's not as simple as somebody just laying hands on you and releasing spiritual vision. Maybe there's some things, honestly, in your character that God wants to shift. Come on, because you can't. Look, if I wear glasses, which I do not, but if I wear glasses, Leah, you wear glasses, you can't take your glasses off and expect to see as clearly as when you're wearing them. And some of us come into church and we put on our spiritual vision and we show, and then all throughout the week, we take our glasses off and everything feels, and then I got to go back to church because I, I lost my vision. I lost the promise. I lost sight of what God was showing me. And God is saying today, look, there is a vision Come on, everybody say it again. I am designed to see. I am designed to see. It's not just me. Come on, we're opening. I'm going I'm to just actually just speak a communal word over this, over this body. God, I'm praying right now in the name of Jesus for eyes that would be wide open. 
Come on, not barely open. I'm not talking about one eye. I'm talking about wide open. Come on. I'm praying, Holy Spirit, that at some point, some of us might be a little bit freaked out by the things God begins to show you. Angelic beings, perhaps even demonic realm, that you would have the intel, the strategies of the Spirit. And that God would be showing you and he would be revealing to you the greater ways of the Spirit. I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would open their eyes to the greater visions and greater portions that you have in mind for each one of us. Even for me. Come on, God. You say, you say you're immeasurably greater. I'm asking Holy Spirit, see now even in the Spirit, my eyes are wide open. I'm just going to teach you for a moment. My eyes are wide open and I'm looking and I see things in the natural. But even as I'm focusing in the Spirit, God is giving me a vision in my mind's eye. That even as I said that, I saw like a stage curtains beginning to open. See, behind the curtains, there's an entire scene that the audience is waiting to see. And at some point, at just the right time, when it's the opening day, those curtains open. And even if, even as I, even as I was just praying just now, I saw in the spirit curtains beginning to open. And so I'm going to speak into that because I'm not going to pray up, make up something to pray for. God, you say that you're opening curtains today, that you're showing us what's behind the veil. You're showing it just as Jesus, come on, because we are designed to see what's in the holy of holies. Come on, in the Old Testament, they couldn't just enter in. But the Bible says that Jesus made a way that he tore the veil from the top to the bottom. There's a whole message in and of itself of how supernatural that was. But the point is, is he made a way so that with an assurance of faith, we can step into the presence of God and we can peer into the spirit realm. And look, we don't have to go in and come out and go in and come out because the Bible says that he is our abode. This is where we will abide. This is where we will reside. This is where we will tarry. This is where we will hang out. This is where we will linger and this is where we will live. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Be sure to click subscribe so you can catch each episode every month. I want you to walk in your fullness. For more information about other services and resources, head to my website at www.lisa-schwartz.com. You can also find me on YouTube by searching Lisa Schwartz LLC. I look forward to connecting with you. Remember, enforcing purpose, it starts with you.